The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba House of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side, And Eric Oz is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Yes, happy weekend. Back at you. Here we go, deep into spring, almost summer. Yes, 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 yes. We just got done having May the 4th be with you <laughs> and Cinco de Mayo. That's right. And I was so thrilled because on Cinco de Mayo, I took an extra shot Oh yeah. of Pfizer. <laughs> <laughs> How fun. What a way to celebrate. Hey, you know what? I'll take it. If it means they're opening up vaccinated sections and places, I'm going to have my little like coupon card or whatever you want to oh, call yeah. that from yeah, your absolutely. shots and be like, Hello, thank you very much, please. You know, it's uh, I, I actually always enjoy Cinco de Mayo and and um, always mm-hmm. do a big uh, barbecue. Uh, you know, cook up some some carne asada mm-hmm. and get the. I, I there's a market in Burien um, mm-hmm. called Guadalupe. Yeah, and they they have the best uh, red and green salsas mm-hmm. and then the crema fresca. You know and, what? Okay, don't don't. <laughs> you know, I get. Very hungry when we do this I do too. show. I do too. We I know. It just got me food, thinking about that. And now I'm salivating because I'm imagining a green <laughs> right. and a red salsa oh. and some tasty morsels. Like, don't do that to I'm me. I'm really looking forward to summer, though, because I, I've got the organic garden going mm-hmm. and the lettuce is starting to pop up and all the plants are, are waking up, you know. So, um, you know, wait till later in the summer. The tomatoes are ripe and making that fresh, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. pico mm. de gallo. Yum. And, oh, man. Yeah. Oh. Okay, like you live in where we live. You uh-huh. know, we've got all these fresh foods and everything here for us. It's wonderful. Yeah, my stomach yeah. is already growling, and we just <laughs> started the show. Thanks. Speaking Thanks of uh, of growling, yeah, you want to update on uh, interest rates? <laughs> well, with that entree into it, sure. Let's... Actually, not growling. More of a purr. More okay. Of a, more of a... All right. So it's not growling. Not swiping no, more... at anybody. No. No. No one's nothing, being cat scratched. Nothing like nothing like that right now. Um, okay. It's been a good week. Been a good week. Been a good couple weeks actually. Yeah. You know, you know, maybe we overreacted on rates a little bit earlier. You know, especially in March, they went way up, mm-hmm. and um, they've they've started to settle down just a little bit. I do think it's short lived. It will be temporary. Uh, but let's just enjoy it uh, okay. while we But does have that it. mean for some of our customers that had kind of backed off that they should maybe rally around and start it does. looking again? It does. Yeah, okay. Ab- absolutely. Good to know. Uh, because, you know, and, and some folks, I mean, we, we were, you know, late last year, early this year, we were down under the 3% mark. Mm-hmm. You know, we're probably not going back there, at least for the time being. Mm-hmm. But we're pretty darn close to it. You know, we're right, right down in there. In fact, uh, today the national average... Uh, for a 30-year fixed-rate conventional mortgage is 3.1%. And even just nice. a few weeks ago, we were at 3.45. Right, yeah. And so That's so a we're, big difference. We're way down. Uh, 15-year fixed rates firmly under the 3% mark, averaging 2.52. And those are up over 3%, you know, several weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, FHA and VA, uh, we're down to 2.58 is the national average. Way back down again. Yes. Nice. And uh, jumbo, th- 30-year fixed rates, jumbo meaning anything in Pierce, Kings, Nahomish counties over the amount of $776,250. 
you know, we're, we're hovering right around 3.16%. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. It's so, so uh, jump on these folks. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a really good time. Yes. Um, I'm always happy to run numbers. If, if you have uh, specific questions, you'd like to see detailed estimates, reach out, happy to help. You can call me at uh, 206-915-ERIC, or you can email me eric at ericismybanker.com. That's E-R-I-C. Uh, so just eric at ericismybanker.com, and we can run the numbers for you. Um, there's also, uh, in fact, uh, you and I um, uh, have a mutual customer I was talking with uh, last night, mm-hmm. and and this is kind of an interesting one, and we're, we're, we're getting this question more and more often in our market where our home prices are just so so high uh, that we're needing, uh, especially even a first-time home buyer, we're needing a loan amount that falls into that jumbo range. Right. Well, if you're under the 776 250 mark, you can buy a home with 5% down. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're under about 5, you know, 50, you can buy a home with 3% down. Um, but if you're over that 776 250 for the loan amount, then you're into jumbo category. So this is a client who wanted to buy a home for 1.3 million mm-hmm. but put just 10% down. And um that is possible. That is a program that exists, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not cheap. And and okay. so when we're in that jumbo uh, range, there are very, very few uh, investors, lenders out there that will offer a jumbo loan product with less than even a 20% down payment. So there are a few out there with, with 15% down and even fewer that will offer 10% mm-hmm. down and none that I'm aware of that will offer 5% down unless we get real creative mm-hmm. and do some sort of a hybrid combination of a of a of of two loans put together so just for our listeners benefit yeah can you explain why because some of them were like why are they being so miserly why are Mm -hmm. they so curmudgeonly about loaning these vast sums of dollars (laughs) at those levels we should be jumping at the opportunity (laughs) to give you a million dollar loan with Mm -hmm. you know less money down so little down (laughs) right i know uh, it's It's weird huh well it's it is kind of funny because i think a lot of the American public has just become so attuned to easy credit mm-hmm. right. that they do forget. Like there are times that seriously, Eric, I'll have conversations with mutual customers or very similar kinds of customers where I start to look at them and go, so is there someone in your family that you would loan a million dollars to? Wait. And and they're like, what? No. And I went, well, why do you think someone should just do that for you? <laughs> And run the risk. Like, they don't even know you. Absolutely. I said, yeah, they can go and do their due diligence and everything else. I said, but there's a reason why all these rules exist. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, kind of important that you understand that. <laughs> it, it definitely is. And, and, you know, the biggest factor is the secondary markets. It's, mm-hmm. it's Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. Right. Um, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, our main secondary markets, Ginnie Mae for FHA mm-hmm. and VA loans, will purchase from lenders loans up to the 776250 mm-hmm. in our in our local counties right. it's a little bit lower than the rest of the state so if you're above that they won't buy them mm-hmm. and so there is not a a secondary market for a lender to offload those loans so as a consequence you know you have uh, some lenders that will hold those in their portfolios you have other lenders there is a small secondary market where where lenders will actually do their own private securitizations they'll sell blocks mm-hmm. of mortgages and you can invest in those um, mm-hmm. But it's a it's a much smaller pool, and and the tolerance in the markets, the financial markets, the bond markets to purchase those is mm-hmm. not super great. Right. As a consequence, 
you know, then you're, you're going to see much, much more restrictive guidelines. Can and we dive in even to that just a tiny bit yeah. more? Because I think there is a, I don't want to say it's a collective amnesia because the people who are looking for those loans right now mm-hmm. were maybe a little too young to even consider a jumbo loan mm-hmm. when we were pre-housing crisis right, right. in 2007, right? If we go back, mm-hmm. I mean, good gosh, look at where we're at. We're like 14 years out. I know. I uh, it's know. amazing that I it's know. you and I, how I don't have a head of hair like you, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I started thinking about that the other day. I'm like, well, wait a minute. If I've got clients who are in their 30s and maybe early 40s that are considering these, yeah, they weren't even in consideration of this. No. And and when they did buy their first homes, it was a different kind of scenario. Many of them may have been buying when there was, you know, programs to try and right. prompt the, you know, the real right. estate industry back into, you know, progress forward and things like that. And so I I don't mind even though you and I yeah. feel like sometimes we repeat things a lot. It's really good to go back and relook at our history. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I love to read historical novels. And one of the things I'm reading right now is the worst, um, what is the worst time or something like that? Let me, let me have to look up the exact name. Uh, Timothy Egan. Okay. And uh, it's a book about the Dust Bowl oh, period. Yeah, yeah. And so what coincides with the Dust Bowl, of course, is the Great Depression. Right. And right. so the book starts... Um, the worst hard time. That's what it's called. Okay. Yeah. And it starts with this history of, you know, what was going on just before. And of course, similar to where we're at right now, there was the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. World War One, mm-hmm. right. And then there was this period of time. And it's fascinating to listen about how the Midwest basically was settled. Mm-hmm. And then what we as humans collectively did to screw it up. <laughs> And then Fair when, point. you know, and so I'm just at the part of the book right now where Wall Street has crashed, mm-hmm. right? And so the lead up is all of these humans moving into this area and starting to turn over the earth that had not been turned over. And that was really the land of Native Americans and Buffalo mm-hmm. and right. what it, it basically the rape of the land and right. how it, how it hit us mm-hmm. for 10 years right. and that there's a lot of people in the U S who have no idea of the history of this. Right. Right. right? And there's, when you hear about like farm subsidies and things like that, that's where this stuff started. Well, that's right. Back then there was no bailout program. There was no tarp. There was no checks mm-hmm. that just showed up in the mailbox. Yeah. There, there wasn't anything. Yeah. You're, you're on your own. Yeah, and, absolutely. And you, you relied on your, your family and you relied on your neighbors Mm-hmm. And, and you had to work together. Except for when I'm reading this and they're talking about the farm loans and the subsidies around mm-hmm. that, yeah. that's kind of where, you know, mm-hmm. we, we sit. And so it's like, yeah, there's risk associated. So they're discussing like, oh, yeah, these 30-year loans with 6% interest that you could buy all this, you know, get all this land, start getting agricultural equipment and mm-hmm. all the things. Mm-hmm. And people were becoming, you know, kind of rich at the time. Mm-hmm. And then poof. Right. Right. So I, I'm very curious to i mean i know how the story ends of course <laughs> right. but you know as a person whose family was based in the midwest yeah right yeah. i moved out here from kansas mm-hmm. my father worked for two different companies that were yeah. you know selling combines and all those kinds of things and he was born right in the middle of all this mm-hmm. right so I'm, i wish he was still alive because i want to like finish this book and i wish i could talk to him about it right you right. know and be like tell me the experience and my grandfather because he was the one who owned an international harvester but well, um yeah. fascinating stuff but i just i think it's really important sometimes for us to revisit why these things are the way they are. 
Right. And and maybe when we come back uh, from the break, you know, also mm -hmm. uh, let's look at a few similarities between yeah. what happened 10 years ago, yes. 12 years ago. And where and we are what, today. what's happening now. Yeah. You know, how are the things the same? How are things different? Absolutely. And, uh, love I mean, it. What do you need to do? Let's about do a it? history lesson. <laughs> and there we I'll go. I love it. <laughs> well, we've got more open house with Team Reba coming right back up just after these few short commercial messages. Thanks for, yes. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for listening. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba, just covered in dust over here, you know, from that dust bowl from we that were discussing. Whole big <laughs> dust storm that happened oh, so many years ago. I have to say, reading this book has really brought back a lot of my childhood because I was like, it was windy and it was flat and it was brown. And I also <laughs> learned why there's so many man made lakes. Oh, yeah. The. Well, irrigation and the Depression era programs. No, not so much. It was actually just before that crash happened. Mm -hmm. There was a governor in Kansas because they all the water was underneath mm -hmm. the land. And so they had, that's why you see windmills all the mm -hmm. time from the old days. Sure, pumping up the they water. They were pumping it up because there wasn't enough, you know, it was mostly just arid land. Mm -hmm. And so the there was a governor who said, I'm going to put a lake in every county. Oh, wow. And gosh darn it, if they didn't try, because I remember growing up there thinking, I hate all the lakes here because they're just brown, blech, you know, right. yucky. Mm -hmm. And Minnesota laughs at them because they're like, ours are natural, <laughs> <laughs> made by glaciers. Mm -hmm. Yours yeah. are muddy pits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's so fun to listen to this book. Interesting. And yeah. be like, now I get it. <laughs> well, and you know, the dust bowl, I didn't know I, that. I saw a graphic picture, a graphic of, prairie grass mm -hmm. and the root system yeah. on that grass that went down like five or six feet yeah it's down. incredible massive root system mm -hmm. compared to standard grass where the it's root like maybe if you goes got down. hair plugs yeah <laughs> there you go wasn't exactly the analogy i was looking for but uh, but there's a I'm reason joking. that we didn't have dust bowls you know back when that was all natural because the grass right. held held the dirt the grass held it in and the other thing is that the buffalo or bison were perfectly suited for those plains yes right like cows didn't do so good because their hides are too thin mm -hmm. and so they would freeze in those mm -hmm. i mean i always say i'm a weather weenie now because i've lived out here in this beautiful pacific northwest mm -hmm. for 30 some years now and i say i, I hate going back there because it's triple digit temperatures in the summer it's freezing freezing cold sometimes below zero or with wind chill below zero mm -hmm. in the winter and that was one of the things these people were running into is they were bringing cattle in mm -hmm. and they would die right. but the bison was very perfectly created mm -hmm. to fit oh, in that sure. environment of and course. it was just like wow it's 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 so much fun to read so anyway <laughs> oh, all awesome. right so now that we've uh tied in the dust bowl right, to right. you know well, jumbo loans and why they have right. to be concerned about how much down payment you have on that house right. yeah. can, can i also just point out part of the reason i bring that up is you mentioned there's only certain markets and it's even amazing that there is a secondary market for jumbo loans because mm -hmm. before the crash of you know 2007 through 2010 we had there was really no secondary market for Correct. them it was almost all what they called portfolio lending exactly right which yes. is the banks would hold their own notes yes so it's interesting that there is a little bit of that now but i know that when we went through all of that and people were doing um what do they call it it was the um strategic default mm -hmm. the people who did that 
were wealthy people. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of them were. I mean, not all yeah. of them, but but a strategic default meaning that you you could pay the mortgage if you wanted to, but your home is worth less than what you owed. So why would you? Yeah, and, and some financial you know, planners said, "Yeah, just walk, walk away. away." And and the rest of us had to pay for it. Yeah. Exactly, we did. Your neighbors had to pay for it mm-hmm. because because if if everybody on the streets had homes worth the same value, roughly, let's say mm-hmm. it's a new development, they're right. all similar homes, and all of a sudden one person defaults, that home sells in a foreclosure sale mm-hmm. for hundred thousand dollars less. Mm-hmm. What does that do to to the comps, to the comparable sales yeah. of every other house on that on that street? Everyone else is impacted. Everybody goes down. Yeah, and and some people can't move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, for specific reasons, and so they got. St- stuck into that downturn that we had right and and it brings with it a mental cost mm-hmm. right a societal cost absolutely right you know yeah. um i do want to point out real quickly i don't know if we want to talk about this more throughout the show but um you know how with the covid and everything else i mean um the downtown condos mm-hmm. were being impacted but now that we have vaccinations i'm going to tell you turning right back around we're yes. seeing multiple offers again. We're seeing quick turnaround sales on some of those because mm-hmm. people are starting to come back into the downtowns. Right. Well, and some of our big, biggest employers are saying, yeah, time to come back as well. Mm-hmm. And I also was just reading an article in Puget Sound Business Journal saying mm-hmm. that that downtown leasing is yes. way up. Way up. And so are rentals. Pre-COVID levels. Yeah. Are you talking commercial leasing? Commercial leasing. Yeah. Commercial leasing is up. And so is, because I'm also on, um, Windermere has uh, a property management group. Mm-hmm. And there's a gentleman who sends out like their numbers because he covers like kind of Maine, downtown, um, Queen Anne, you know, basically mm-hmm. to Ballard, Fremont. Um, so he covers about five MLS areas. And that has shot up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find the report and I'll bring it into the um show here in a few minutes but yeah it has shot back up yeah. on the rental surprising numbers. changes so how is today different than where we were back in 2007 kind of before the big the big housing crash where we saw house prices fall you know 25 to 35 mm-hmm. percent in our region mm-hmm. you know there, there's there's quite a few distinctions there and differences uh, in in my opinion uh, the first one is in 2010 uh, there was a series of laws passed you know, that affected the, the lending industry. And it affected, impacted appraisals, where appraisers had now independence. They could not be swayed or, or persuaded by a lender. It was actually illegal to do that. And then also the, the way we underwrote loans, we had to follow a rule called ability to repay, ATR. Right. And ability to repay means that if a lender wants to sell a loan on the secondary markets, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Jenny Mae, um, we had to prove the borrower's ability to repay. Right. You know, for, for all of the borrowers out there, that meant a huge pain in the neck because all of a sudden lenders are asking for all sorts of documents and the documentation requirements got, got pretty onerous. They still are today, to be honest. Well, as a consequence, though, of, of stricter appraisal standards, ability to repay, a few other rules on top of that, our mortgage industry is the healthiest it's ever been. Our yes. foreclosure rates are the lowest that they've ever yes. been. And and all the loans being made today, and even in the jumbo range, because jumbo lenders follow the same set of ability to repay rules, um, we're, we're super strong. Our foreclosure rates are, are, are low. I think that that's going to keep us from, from going into another bubble, another housing bubble. You know, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, because back in 2000, early 2000s, leading up to the big crash 2007, August 2nd, mm-hmm. uh, 
you could buy a loan without an appraisal. You could buy a home without documenting your income. Yep. You could buy a home zero down. We did things called 80-20s. We give you uh, two mm -hmm. mortgages, one for 80% of the purchase price, another one for 20%, and you walk in with zero down. Well, if things go tough, uh, you know, the economy, you know, hiccups a bit, and you've got no money at stake, it makes it real easy to walk away from that. Right. But if you've, let's, let's flip the coin. If you are purchasing a jumbo home today and you've got 10%, 15, 20% down of your own hard earned money into that transaction and, and things don't go quite right, you're going to do everything you can to, to keep that mortgage, to keep that home, to avoid a foreclosure and avoid losing that investment. So the, it's, it's just skin in the game. The more skin in the game you have, the lower the risk to a lender. We understand that. We know that as, as, as an industry. You know, so, so if you're putting less down, um, we, we may still be able to do those types of loans, but uh, they're going to be very, very strictly underwritten. Mm -hmm. We're going to be more conservative with our credit requirements and our debt-to-income ratios and our reserves and your payment history, all of that, uh, just to make sure that if things you know, uh, don't go quite right, that you've still got some, some reserves and some things to fall back on if you need it. All that said, it means don't be upset when someone asks you for stuff for more paperwork. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I have, I've had to calm down yeah. numerous I people. Know, I know who are just like, why do I have to? And and just a reminder, can't always be like screenshots. It's got to be all the no, proper no, no. documents. Blurry screenshots. Well, I know you and I have that one class, and I even use Baby Yoda in my example because yeah. you know. <laughs> Where yeah. the, the, the loan officer says, I need your bank statements. And Yoda yes. says, you know, there are none. And then it's like <laughs> bank statements. And Yoda says, oh, screenshot. And, the, <laughs> and then the loan officer statements. says, bank statements. And the, Yoda says, page one. <laughs> no, we need all the pages. It's just the way it's I know every be. time I see that little meme thing, I just, I laugh so hard. <laughs> Well, I probably shouldn't, but I do. <laughs> we're probably the only uh, financial education, you know, you know, team out there that has uh, Baby Yoda in their education materials. Very, but, you know, very likely. Well, so and perfect we for the week that did have May the Fourth be with you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Too bad oh we didn't do a class on that day. That would have been kind of fun. <laughs> should have done that. Oh, that's funny. I uh, love that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, yeah. Maybe no, we wouldn't be able to do it next year either. <laughs> well, no, well, no, no, no. Actually, because the calendar changes, we couldn't do it this week because because I have my Rainier Yacht Club dinner meeting the first Tuesday of every month, so that's why it didn't work for yeah. this time. But you know, well, hey, we'll get there it. you go. In fact, we next year to. we could plan, we could pre-plan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking that. of classes though, because we don't have one yet scheduled, but yeah, we, we might do one. Yeah. Um, but if you are somebody who would like to see our two-hour class. We do actually have it available on YouTube, mm -hmm. and if you want to email me at info at teamreba.com, we are happy to send it out. We've had numerous new clients mm -hmm. that when we don't have a class yet scheduled, we've been just sending them that, yeah. and it's completely useful, and they love it because they can go back through it at their leisure, you know, at whatever time. And, uh, you know, go back through pieces if they want to get that information a little more solidly about hearing about what we're talking about. Or maybe even after they've started working with us, because then it helps to re-explain maybe a topic that we discuss, you know, mm -hmm. through the process. Um, you can also text me at 206-457-2984. That's a new number we have for us. Um, and so if you send me a text asking for that, send me your email 
uh, and we can get it to you. Or actually, if you send it by text, I can also even text you the link to YouTube if you want to be able to watch it on your mobile device. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, that class, I mean, the, the overall format of it is how to craft a winning offer mm-hmm. and and giving you some of the tools of talking about the the, the process, home buying process, your contingencies and mm-hmm. things like that. And we also talk about finance and, and options on that side and credit, uh, some, some general life skills. Uh, but it's, it's been really well received. And, and we, we always know because every time we teach that class, mm-hmm. you know, people are just hanging around afterwards, you know, asking yeah. questions and they want to know more and they want to learn more. Yeah. And it's great when they ask some of their like personal identifying questions because usually they do apply to other buyers mm-hmm. oh, for as sure. well. Yeah. So it's very yeah. useful um, because you learn real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while that's all going on. So the link that we do have does have people who are in that class with us um, yeah. asking questions, and all of that is captured. So Perfect. happy to share. Again, 206-457-2984, or email me at info at teamreba.com. And we are going to be right back after these messages with more Open House with Team Reba. That's right. After this, we're going to find out what the heck is EPMI. Stay tuned. I'm riveted. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock. And Sundays from 3 to 4. That's right. And always on podcast. Yes. Your favorite podcast. Just type in Open House with Team Reba and you'll find us. And you can select whatever show you like. That's right. Lots and lots of content. Yes. yes I know. I just recently sent a 1031 exchange article or show to... Uh, I can't even, he's not even a past client. He's a like prospective client. Uh-huh. But the reason why I almost said past client is because it's somebody I met on my online dating apps. <laughs> I, who knew online dating might lead to future business? I think it's quite hilarious. But uh, yeah, no, he, I actually asked him if he was going to do a 1031 and he was like, what's, what's that? that? And which kind of surprised like, me because he works for a bank and I went, oh really? Yeah. He's a manager of a bank. Yeah. I thought. I think, you know, if you have How a, come you don't a, know a, that? <laughs> a prospective, um, you know, dating person, you shouldn't really say, hey, you want to, you know, do a 1031. He might get the wrong idea. <laughs> oh, for, no, no, no. No, he was already vetted out last year, and that was a no-go. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> it was a no-go. Was it's a, a no-go. year later. Uh, and I then see. He gotcha. asked about, you know, like, hey, can I sell this rental property? And I said, oh, well, are you going to do a 1031? Yeah. And that's why I... What's a 1031? Yeah. What is a 1031? 1031 Tax Deferred Exchange. <laughs> do you want me to actually say? Yeah, go for it. Okay, just real quickly for our listeners, especially because I'm going to do some rental stats here in a little yeah. bit. Um, if you own any kind of rental property or commercial property and you want to exchange, let's say you have a small business and mm-hmm. maybe the location where you're at, you've outgrown it and you need to get a new facility, you can use a 1031 if you own that mm-hmm. building to defer the capital gains taxes paid on right. the sale and actually be able to roll them into the next property. Mm-hmm. It's partly used for commercial businesses, but it also works for, let's say, you're like me, and I have a duplex and a fourplex, mm-hmm. and I want to sell those, the, and they have appreciated over time, right. and so I have equity in them, which I would probably have to pay capital gains on, mm-hmm. and if I want to transfer, transfer the sale of that into another property, I can get the benefit of deferring that capital gains tax payment until way down the line. Whenever you dispose of way, that way next down property the line. that you purchase. And I can continue using that That's until right. 
you know, the cows that's come right. home, basically. That's right. So here's the trick with those. Mm-hmm. You have to follow the rules. Yes. And there's specific rules uh, because Timing. You, you can't touch the money, number nope. one. That, that's boot. Otherwise, it would be called boot. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. right. And uh, and you have 45 days to identify up to three properties that mm-hmm. you intend to purchase once you've sold. And then you yep. have six months to, to complete the transaction. Including that 45 including days. Including the 45 days. Now, right? And it has to be one of those three identified. You can right. identify more if you like, mm-hmm. but some there have to be three that are purposefully identified, yep. and you need to at least close on one of those. That's right. So very strict rules on that, but you can mm-hmm. avoid... You know, yes. or, or at least defer paying those capital gains taxes. Yeah, and it's a great way. It helps kind of continue the economy because when there's mm-hmm. sales, I have a lot of people who are like, well, can't I just buy something for the same price? I'm like, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be an upgrade. Right. 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 And so it's it also helps stimulate our economy. You know, there's always oh, things sure. tied into each of these transactions. Um, so, you know, they are out there. They're wonderful. But can I just quickly, before we go into your EPMI? Yeah. Because uh, I mentioned I wanted to grab those stats conversations yes, real sure. quick. So thank you to the folks over at Windermere that sent out this rental stat. But what I loved is so they were saying Area 701, which is downtown Seattle and Belltown, um, they surged the number of rentals um, that were picked up. Uh, it was 35 units in March 2021 compared to 15 rented in 2020. Really? Yeah. And this is just Windermere, right? Yeah. I'm not talking about all rentals, but they do a fair amount of business. Mm-hmm. And so this was just the numbers that they had. So at this time last year, we had most people fleeing the downtown. Exactly. We talked about it. On, we talked yes. about a show talking about it. Exactly. So that's great to see those things picking up. And also the days on market was way, way down. Um, what they're getting for the rents is starting to stabilize as well. If someone wants any of this information, again, text or call me. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to forward this to you. Um, so info at teamreba.com, 206-457-2984 if you want this. Um, but, yeah, what I loved is that they also then kind of translated some of the things that are going on in downtown Bellevue also mm-hmm. because companies like Amazon are starting to make their announcements. I mean, even though I know we have back and forth on the rollbacks of phase two, phase three, mm-hmm. because of vaccinations, a lot of these companies have gotten their plans in place. They've made their changes inside their buildings and they're bringing people back. Right. And even our Boeing employees that we work with, I was just talking with one of our mutual clients the other day and she's like, Hey, by this date, I'm going to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And I said, any more work from home options? She's like, not really. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, you know, thing, things, they are a moving. They definitely are. And the market itself is still moving very strongly. So on the purchase side of things, super, super busy, mm-hmm. not just in our main King, Snohomish and Pierce counties, but all of our outlying counties are continuing to do very well because for those people who do have the option to work remotely mm-hmm. or have some days of the week, we're continuing to see Whatcom, Skagit, Clallam, Kitsap, Jefferson, all of them are continuing to see multiple offers mm-hmm. right. on a vast number of the properties. And some of the towns, especially when they um, have maybe school districts or areas that people find very popular – it's not uncommon to see as much as 75% of the inventory selling within a week or less. Mm, right, right. Yeah, this That's a lot. overheated market is everywhere. And let's give a perspective on that, folks. Um, just, you know, like we've had a strong market since April of 2012. Mm-hmm. And remember just a year, not, not a year, two years ago, three years ago, we were saying that it was the top 20, 25% of homes mm-hmm. that were selling that quickly. We're in such a hyper market. In most of them, we're seeing 50 to 75% of the homes going that quickly. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. You know, beginning of the year, we were 
prognosticating. We were, mm-hmm. in, you know, I think you and I were we just sort like of in agreement. That word. We thought <laughs> <laughs> we we thought home values would be up about seven percent this year. Oh my gosh, Oops. no! <laughs> Four months in, we're nationally mm-hmm. we're up eleven. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, but na- and it, listen to that too. Nationally, mm-hmm. lots of markets are experiencing this. We've mentioned it before on the show. Places in Idaho and Montana, mm-hmm. especially because Californians are driving out all over the place right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. They're going up like 35%. It's nutso. Some of them are even 50. I have two Pe- clients that just started moving mm-hmm. to Idaho. Yeah. I have moving to Arizona, mm-hmm. moving yeah. to, uh, you know. Florida. I got a whole bunch of people yeah. I know moving to a lot of warmer climates mm-hmm. or areas where they can get a lot more land. Right. Let their kids run around mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever they want to do or just be in the place where they can have the, you know, lifestyle they want along with a, maybe a lot of people are doing it because they can sell their house here mm-hmm. and buy something cash right. somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, That's we're right. just there's a big shift. It's gonna be so interesting to see what happens by the end of this year mm-hmm. about you know, I can't wait to see the census data that comes out about where people go mm-hmm. and from where. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be it's, so it's interesting. It's gonna be some some definitely some migration going on yeah. for sure. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Okay, so yeah. EPMI. Yeah. Do tell. What the heck is EPMI? I c- I'm guessing internally, but you you tell us. <laughs> well, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about it, and then there's a few really cool applications with it. But EPMI uh, stands for Enterprise Paid Mortgage Insurance. So when you buy a home and you put less than 20% down or if you refinance and you have less than 20% equity, uh, lenders will require mortgage insurance on that, on that loan. The traditional way you set up mortgage insurance is you pay it monthly. And the cost of mortgage insurance is impacted by how much equity you have or how much you're putting down. The less down, the more expensive the mortgage insurance, mm-hmm. uh, and also your credit score. And then the loan programs and loan amounts will, will make a difference as well. Well, EPMI is a pilot program that's, that's uh, being run through Fannie Mae, and, um, and we happen to be part of that, part of that pilot. So it, it's, it's pretty cool because basically what you do is you, you have a, sometimes a slightly higher interest rate but no monthly PMI. So, so your, your overall payment ends up being lower. And I ran a couple scenarios for that just to give you an example. Okay. Um, I looked at a sale price of six fifty. figured, okay, that's a starter home in our area uh, or thereabouts. In, yeah, maybe. like in Bothell yeah, or somewhere, Linwood or somewhere, somewhere, like, somewhere that. like that. Yeah. yeah, it's still a pretty decent house okay. down in Tacoma. So let's say you put 5% down, and, uh, and that's a loan amount of six seventeen. Um, I ran a 30-year fixed rate at 3% prevailing rates. Your mortgage payment would be about twenty six oh three, PMI would be about one twenty nine a month. So you've got an all, a payment of about twenty seven thirty two, two thousand seven thirty two. Not counting your taxes and insurance, mm-hmm. the EPMI rate instead of three percent with five percent down, it would be three point two four. So just about a quarter of a percent okay. higher. Your overall payment would be forty eight dollars lower. You'd be twenty six eighty four instead of twenty seven thirty two. So even though the interest rate is higher, mm-hmm. your overall monthly payment is lower. Right. And you've got the tax deductibility of your mortgage interest. If you put 10% down, um, you're looking at a payment that's about $54 lower. Instead of a 3% rate with 10% down, your rate would only be an eighth of a percent higher, 3.125. And um, with 15% down, this one kind of blows my mind, it's the same rate. You know, So a 3% with PMI or 3% mm-hmm. without PMI with this EPMI, so you're going to save about $51 a month because you're not having to pay for nice. the PMI. And and where this has really become a, a useful tool is in our overheated market where we have folks yeah. bidding 
way, way more than, than the list price for a home. Uh, let's say that you come in, you're going to buy a home and put 20% down. Mm-hmm. You, you price gets bid way up. We've seen some 100,000 oh, yeah. over, 110, 30,000 over yeah. or more. And we do an appraisal of the property. Well, what if the appraisal doesn't quite come in at the sale price? As a lender, mm-hmm. I have to go by the lower of, the lesser of the appraisal or the right. uh, the sale price. So maybe originally we went in thinking we're putting 20% down. We've got a specific loan amount at 20% down. I can employ this EPMI program, keep the loan amount the same as my original loan amount, mm-hmm. but my loan-to-value ratio goes up. So with 20% down, I, my loan-to-value would be 80%, mm-hmm. 80% of the purchase price. Right. But let's say the appraisal comes in low, and now my loan-to-value is maybe 85%. So I keep my mm-hmm. loan amount the same, right. but I'm my loan-to-value is calculated off my appraisal. I can employ the CPMI program and probably keep everything the same. Same interest rate, no monthly PMI, even though my loan to value is higher than 80%. Interesting. It's a really cool program. Yeah. So this is one now, the, the cost of EPMI uh, will vary depending on your, again, same thing, your credit score, mm-hmm. loan amount, that sort of thing. Um, but with, with a good credit rating, it's, it's a, it can be a real game changer. When you say a good credit rating... I would say something 720 or higher. Okay, not even 740. Well, 740 would be wonderful, and that's going to put you in the best, highest tier for everything. Right. Yeah, but so that's what the heck EPMI is. All right. So we like it. Yeah. And people, if they still have more questions on it, can contact you later. Eric at Eric is my banker. All right. (laughs) We're going to be right back. More open house with Team Reba in just a few minutes. With Team Reba on AM 1590, the answer. Back to Open House with Team Reba. Here we are again, Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hess from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday, 2 to 3 o'clock on Sundays. 3 to... F- <laughs> wait, wait, wait. did make, you say yeah, 2 to 3 o'clock on Sundays? I said Saturdays, 2 oh. to 3 o'clock, and Sundays... 3, three to, to 4. four. <laughs> okay, like you, all of a sudden I was like, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> like, why did you quit in the middle of you're, it? You're so, because I was I was going to see you were going to answer the, you were going to put in the, the 3 to 4. Yeah. Okay. Caught you sleeping. Well, you caught me looking at an email. That's for sure. I've got somebody that's who's, right. a, I have somebody going to do a pre-inspection uh, at one of our upcoming listings, which... Uh, one of our shows, I am going to talk about some of the services we have because we have tremendous services. The, the only thing that makes me nervous is we've had numerous people also tell us that they have their um, children real estate agents listen to our show to learn. So I'm like, I don't know. Do I want to <laughs> put out there all the services that we do? But, well, you, know. you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, one of the things – well, we mentioned how the market's moving so fast. Mm-hmm. One of the things that is happening quite a bit is pre-inspections are being done by sellers to yes. go along with their seller disclosure statements. Yes, and that actually is quite useful because mm-hmm. when you do have 20 people vying for your house, you don't necessarily want to have 20 inspectors crawling all over your house. No, for potentially sure. Potentially causing, you know, damage and or falling off your roof or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever could happen. Um, and so sometimes it is quite useful to have that already in advance mm-hmm. so that people can review it. Right. Um, right. it comes with its own risks, right? You know, like I know who the inspectors are that we work with and I know their backgrounds, but we don't know everybody's background. Well, that's right. Well, and you and I know that from mm-hmm. a home that, that you helped me sell recently yeah. where somebody went through the house, we believe it was an inspector mm-hmm. and, uh, turned off 
yeah. the water yeah. uh, when they were done, but didn't throw the breakers for the hot water right. heater, which, you know, it, it threw its own breakers, thankfully. Yes. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you don't yeah. want a bunch of people going through there if you can mm-hmm. help it, you know, flipping knobs and turning this on and that on. Yeah. Uh, if, especially if they don't know what they're doing. Well, and the thing is, is if they're doing it and it's a pre-inspection, they're signing a document that says, hi, I'm responsible for anything that happens while I'm here at the house. Yeah, but prove it. Who did it? Right. Yeah. If you have 20 different inspectors, that's a really hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the owners will do it. Now, some sellers will do it because they want to know what to fix before they put the house on the market. And sure. some of them will then update that document to say, here's things that we did based mm-hmm. on the report. Yeah. Um, and that can be quite useful, too. It just... You also don't know, like, unless you ask, you have to be like, well, did that inspector come back out and check that work and make sure that it was done correctly right. or not? Right. Um, so there's a lot of questions that you have to kind of ask through all of that process. Um, but, yeah, we're we're starting to offer that in certain circumstances Good. that it's a, a service that we think is useful if we're trying to help someone get the best offer set up for them. Yes, right? of course. Yeah. And to also not – here was the other thing. One of the families that we're doing this for coming up – they both are working from home and they have a small child who's having to do home, you know, school mm-hmm. <laughs> at home. Yeah, yeah. And again, if they were to be put out of their home time after time after time, yeah, it's, disruptive. For, it's very disruptive. Yeah. So if we can just do it once yeah, for sure. so that they can, you know, and, and then they're there as part of that process versus a bunch of strangers where they have to get out. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the whole thing is like when we're in either phase two or even phase three, I can't have the homeowner there. Mm-hmm. when the agent and the inspector and or the buyers are right, there. Right. Like they have to skedaddle. And there's yeah. not a lot of places you can go to no, that's and true. still conduct your workplace. Solid point, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I can also see, too, from a seller's perspective, it's good because your buyers, you know, to be competitive might have to waive, mm-hmm. you know, their contingencies. So if you've yes. already got that the inspection mm-hmm. that they can review, the odds are going to be yeah, we're doing a greater. lot of it. They'll be more comfortable waiving an inspection contingency if there's an inspection. Yeah, I, although I will say we always still recommend having your own inspection after the fact mm-hmm. once you've closed, sure. because oh, um, absolutely. You know, well, because here's the thing: reminder to our listeners: when I say not all inspectors are the same, many of them nowadays do not carry pest inspection licenses, mm-hmm. and it is very easy to not recognize things like wood boring beetle damage or anabid beetle damage, mm-hmm. damp wood termites. I mean, there's a lot. Carpenter of, ants. Exactly. There's a lot of stuff that's out there that can still do some severe damage to a home mm-hmm. that um, if you have someone who has not been trained in that, mm-hmm. you do run some risk. And a lot of the homes around here do have those issues. Oh, for sure. Especially older homes, wood frame home. You know, it's just, it's a fact of life out here. Especially because yeah. of the moisture. Anytime you combine moisture with wood, mm-hmm. there's going to be bugs. Yep, exactly. Because sure. they say, mmm, buffet. I'm going to eat this. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Doug Fur? Yeah. 1987? <laughs> I'm in. Oh, my I love me some good pine, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what a bug says. They don't say anything, obviously, but, but they do. Yeah, they, 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 they sit do around attract. and talk. You know, what do you like better, hemlock Well, and that's the thing cedar? is they do, they can smell it, right? Mm. Like yeah, they, they can, can smell the rotting wood. And that's the other thing is like in some of these inspections that we have, you know, there's stuff that you can't see. Like if you don't pull back, you know, if you don't see behind the um, insulation, mm-hmm. 
there can be some pretty nasty things going on that you have no <laughs> there clue. There definitely can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, sometimes I'm thankful for the rats because they force people to have to pull out their, ins- you know, insulation. And then we find things like, oh, whoops. Uh-huh. Look at that. Yeah. So. It's just part of living in the Northwest. You know, mm-hmm. we have rats. Other parts of the country have other issues. You know, we don't oh, have yeah. termite inspections here. You know, you go down in the warmer climates. At least not on this side. Uh, this side of the mountains, yeah. But, uh, you know, you go to California, Arizona, mm-hmm. and, and that's going to be part of Florida, it is a, a termite, termite inspection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Texas, all of those yeah, places. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. We have those lovely sugar ants, though. Oh, this yes. time of year, they're, I don't know what, they just they wake up and they're well, yeah. scouting so, around and, uh, yeah. you know, the little, the little ones. Hibernation. Yes, yeah. I know. Yeah, they're um, so they're, annoying. They are also known as odorous ants, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are also highly prevalent in sandy soil which is primarily mm-hmm. if you are west seattle south mm-hmm. um anything that's kind of coastal there glacial uh, till it's, called, yeah. it's less about the glacial till it's more sandy soil glacial mm-hmm. till actually is quite hard pack mm-hmm. so that's going to be way more in like the renton up into the foot you know foothills mm-hmm. um so it really is like you can um in fact actually uh we have someone who's moving here from out of state and they very specifically were like we would like to avoid these areas because there's a map that they found oh, really? of the oh. seattle area yeah. and all these places that are potential like liquefaction zones oh sure sure um yeah. those well the reasons that they are is because they're either fill and or sandy soil mm-hmm. and right. so they're like we don't want to live here mm. <laughs> and i went yep gotcha <laughs> and that's why you see a lot of west seattle has those odorous ants because it's really easy for those ants to make their homes mm-hmm. in those areas. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're definitely Good awake. Times. Yeah. See the first scouts showing up, looking around. It's yeah. Like, you know, get out of here. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is, is, a lot of people will treat those with poisons. Mm-hmm. Um, part of why they come back all the time, as you know, is because they leave scent trails. Yes. Right? That's how they know where to go find the food sources and stuff. That's right. But if you make sure that you don't have, like, sugary items, you know, make sure, like, your kitchens um, and, you know, Ca- you know, cupboards, cabinets, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Have everything tightened up as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You can help yeah. minimize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's there's also natural ways to handle those mm-hmm. types of things. So I always encourage that because if you use the pesticides, yeah, you can get rid of them, but then you're also putting toxic chemicals into your yard. And if you have animals, which most of the people here do, you now have them tracking across that mm-hmm. same toxic substance. There are some organic solutions out there, too, mm-hmm. that are not toxic to animals. So, yeah. yeah, you just have to do a little bit of research on that. You know, maybe I should try and find, like, a pest specialist. Pest person on. Yeah. I should. Why don't we? We have to yeah. recommend them to people all the yeah. time. I will look into that. We'll set that up. All yes. about bugs. All about bu- Oh, I can't wait for the promo on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's important. I mean, if you think about some yeah. of the, the uh, these tiny little animals – uh, rodents or whatever can cause so much destruction. They can wreak havoc. Oh, it really can. Terrible Expensive. havoc. Yes. So, yeah. So it, even uh, rodents, I mean, even if you buy a new car, especially German cars, mm-hmm. they love the wiring. And they will chew that up. And, and Interesting. And uh, uh, Audis, Mercedes, BMWs. Okay. It, okay. I want to get off cars for a second <laughs> because you just made me remember something. Another great reason to have these inspections done, if you are somebody who's buying a house that's been flipped – I can tell you for a fact the vast majority of those flippers did not do an inspection mm-hmm. when they bought that property. So if you really want to prepare yourself. Oh, but they look pretty. Have this, uh, that's the point. That's totally the point. So make sure and guard yourself and get an inspection done. Okay. 
So we want to thank you all for listening once again to Open House with Team Reba and spending your valuable time with us this weekend. That's right. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at TeamReba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.